I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Big Pooh is with us today, and our guest is Louis T. from the Louis T. Network. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate y'all allowing me to bless the program. I'm excited to have you. It's, it's interesting. I've been doing this podcast coming up for about a year, and I got to meet most of the podcasters. The the YouTube, who I don't know if you realize, the YouTube is a whole different ball game. It's like going to another country and visiting. There's all kind of folks over there doing great work that I didn't even know exist. And Louis is certainly one of those. I'm curious how you got started mm-hmm. and uh, it, you don't, that you have not branched off into the podcasting. I'm curious why you decided just to stay with YouTube. <clears throat> so I actually do have a podcast. Um, oh, well, see, I do, there you go. Yeah, I, I do. Um, podcasting was actually one of the first things I started doing, um, but that was off on the side. It wasn't anything really official just me jumping behind the mic and talking. But um, I really just, I watched my parents work jobs, especially my mom more so. My dad was like, look, I do whatever I gotta do to support my family. But my mom, she worked a job she couldn't stand for 26 years. And I watched her, you know, pretty much get up every day, complain and not wanna go to work. And I said, I don't wanna be that person. So really, what is it that I can do that I enjoy doing every day and not hate having to do it every single day? And the one thing I could think of was talk about sports. So I had all these ideas. I never really acted on anything. And then there was this uh, conference at Hampton University where ESPN was going around and they were uh, essentially talking to prospective anchors and people looking to get into the business and kind of giving us tips and things of that nature. And that was really the spark that pushed me to say, all right, you've been sitting on all these ideas for years. What you waiting on, man? Get started. So. I kept making excuses. I don't have a great microphone or I don't have a camera, this, that, and the third. And then finally, I just like, man, look, jump behind the damn camera. I don't give a shit if the microphone is garbage. You know, if it's trash, jump behind that and just start talking. And I've been doing it for about eight years now. Eight years now. Yeah. Incredible. (laughs) Nice. So so you, uh, you, you, uh, you out of Virginia, you went to Hampton, you said? So no, I, I went to ODU, um, I'm from the seven cities. So I'm from Norfolk and I went to ODU and then I was living in Hampton and they had a conference and I heard about it. So I went to the conference that was at Hampton University. Gotcha. Gotcha. Amazing. All right. Well, I sent you guys an email, a text or whatever it is these days. Mm -hmm. So we'll go through the division. Okay. And um, it's kind of a, who do you have more confidence? Who would you rather have? Let's start with the quarterback. Actually, let's do this real quick. Let's do this. No, uh, the name came out. No Warriors. Big surprise. No surprise. No uh, surprise. Yeah. I'm, you know what? <clears throat> I thought for a, a while there that Warriors was the, the leader in the clubhouse. I did too. And so was I surprised a little bit? Not overly like I wasn't floored by the news because it makes sense. They don't want anything to do with Native Americans, anything that can be even closely related to Native Americans. So Warriors is is right there. They like, nah, we ain't ain't dealing with that again. So I get it. And today they basically said we will not be choosing a name 
because it starts with an R. So Red Wolves people, please uh, brace yourselves. I could definitely see next week they're doing the same thing, right? Just yeah. start axing off names until eventually we get to what I've been saying, <laughs> I think, is the Washington football team all along. So <clears throat> I've been telling people on my show, I was like, look, they doing that parental advisory shit right now, right? Which is, hey, we're warning you in advance. <laughs> so when we come with some bullshit, like y'all that. already right. know we tried to warn y'all. We've been and telling so, you for, for the whole season. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So they, they giving us yeah. these warnings, they dropping breadcrumbs like, hey, we trying to prepare y'all for some shit y'all ain't ready for. So all these Red Wolves fans out there that wanted the team to be Red Wolves or Red something. I told them, I said, I don't think the name's going to be Red anything. I don't even think they want Red in the name. You know, again, based off of what happened with Redskins, I don't think they want anything with Red. R isn't a a necessity, as they've said. I think it's going to have something to do with the city, might even have something to do with military. I was one of those people that thought, hey, they trying to brace us for a Washington football team or Washington football club. But the fact that they haven't been able to get all of the, the trademarks with that in the court system because the dude pretty much went out there and beat them they, to the punch. They've got uh, half of them. Yeah. So for the football team. The other thing I think is interesting, and mm-hmm. who I think it was when Travis Thomas was on with us, mm-hmm. he mentioned, don't forget, you know, they're busting hump and they got the numbers maybe to get statehood. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it, may be, it might be important to go ahead and just switch to DC, whatever. Because I think a lot of people that are in like that circle feel like Washington won't be a part of D.C. if and when they become a state. Mm. So that may be what they're trying to do, too, is uh, I think maybe a D.C. F.C., D.C. F.T. And and Wolf, look, if Warriors is too close to Native American imagery, I'm not sure how close Wolves gets. Right. I mean, I, I, I know at some point you have to draw a line, but. As long as they keep the colors, I don't care what the name is. I'm, I, honestly, I'm that's true. I mean, I'm, I lived with the Washington Wizards since they made the change from the Bullets. Like, the Wizards, bro? The Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards. Yeah, okay? right, right, right. <laughs> like, that has right. nothing to do with anything. Right, like, exactly. <laughs> like, they so, went to the polar opposite end of the spectrum. With right. blue and gold, too. That blue and gold was yeah. so ugly. Yeah. All right, the other news that came out uh, it sounds like, I think Rappaport uh, did this today. Mm-hmm. Sheriff will not, you know, they're not going to give Sheriff a big deal. I, we we said this on the show for, I don't know, since we started doing this together, that Sheriff was not going to get a long-term deal. Louis, it, is, are you surprised? Are you disappointed? Where do you stand on that? Um, this is what I expected all along. I've been talking about this for, since he got the franchise tag the first time. Like, That's right. One don't don't franchise him again don't franchise tag him again and they did two if he if you franchise tag him he has no incentive to sign a long-term deal he's getting 18 million dollars this year like why why would i sign a long-term deal when i'm getting 18 this year i got 15 last year and i'm gonna turn around and sign a long-term deal with somebody even if it's not you next year so i'll get 55 60 million dollars guaranteed next year on top of the 18 i'm getting this year like it doesn't make any sense from his standpoint. Even if the team offered him a fair market deal, it doesn't make any sense for him to sign it personally. So I never thought it was going to happen. Um, and so none of this is a surprise to me. Once they started, you know, bringing in, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy from Miami. I can't remember his name right Eric now. Flowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric uh-huh. Flowers. And 
drafting Cosme and they still have uh, the kid from LSU, Sadiq Charles and yep. Bort Leno and, and Lucas still. I was like, yeah, Sheriff gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sheriff yeah, they, gone. They brace it, it's, the, it's the only move that doesn't make sense to me that they've kind of done this offseason. They really kind of hit it out the park, but not getting max value for Sheriff, if you know you're going to let him walk, is the only thing that's kind of frustrated me in this deal because don't tell me about a third round pick two years now from the comp and station formula. Give me picks now. So I kind of feel like, but maybe they just wanted a full year of a really good guard next to, you know, probably a rookie right tackle. Probably. I, I think the biggest probably spot of contention was Sheriff has hit the injury bug the last few seasons. Yeah. Um, for as good as he was, he, he has been getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably wanted something along, you know, that dealt with those lines versus Sheriff and his people like, nah, we just want the money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all pro. We want yeah. the bread. Right. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we trying to get straight to the bag. We ain't trying to hear none of that stuff. You talking about my man made all pro this year. The first time you had an all pro since the 90s. You know, we trying to we need the bag exactly with Matt Turk. I need the bag. And if you ain't talking about that, then we you know none of that stuff you're talking about making any sense. So at the end of the day, they had no, like I said, incentive to sign. But when I look at what they've done this offseason and how they're kind of stacking the deck, the only thing I would say to you, because you say you're disappointed, is don't count them out from maybe moving him. Say someone has a massive injury on their offensive line and they get sure, to camp. That's true. And they see that these guys that they have are playing a lot better than they expected. Like a Sadiq Charles, for instance, he comes in and he wows them, wins the left guard job. And now they got all these guards sitting there like Eric Flowers and they're saying, man, we could plug in one of these other dudes or even Sadiq Charles at right guard and, and Eric yeah. Flowers, who's more naturally a left guard. And they say, you know what? We got enough stuff here that we could move Sheriff and get something for him. Highly unlikely, you know, more likely than not, he'll be the starting yeah. right guard when the season starts. But and Schweitzer played really well last year. I loved Schweitzer last year. Yeah. He surprised the hell out of me last year. Yeah. I didn't expect to get yeah. what we got out of him last year. All yeah. right, so let's do this. Here, here's the exercise. We'll start with quarterback. We'll run through the NFC East. If we're ranking the quarterbacks, who thinks got the best quarterback in the NFC East? So I've done this already on my on my channel. I've done quarterbacks, okay. running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. I haven't gotten to the offensive line or the defensive side of the football yet. So um, for quarterback, uh, I look at it as the Cowboys obviously have the best quarterback in the division. That's not up for debate. I think we actually have the second best quarterback in the division with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know that's not saying much. I mean, it's fitty-fitty, but it is what it is. And then I think Daniel Jones is third. And I think the, the Eagles bring up the rear with, with Jalen Hurts. I agree with you. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah, spot spot on. Like there's 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 nothing nothing to debate there. Right. I love I love Dad, and and if you don't, then then you're just a hater because he he's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Let's I get agree. to the running backs. Mm-hmm. Running backs. I have us. I think I had us fourth in the division at the running back position. So I had Dallas first with Ezekiel Elliott and um, Tony Pollard. I had the Eagles, I think, I think I had the Giants second with, uh, and I know a lot of people were upset about this. Saquon Barkley's coming off of an injury. You don't know what he's got. I said, okay, I know what he is. If he's healthy, I know what this dude is. So um, Saquon was second in the Giants running back. And they actually added Devontae Booker this offseason, who I like as as a backup running back in his league. So I thought that was a big move for them as well. And 
uh, the Eagles, I had them third because Miles Sanders is really good. I don't think people understand how good Miles Sanders really is. And I think the depth of their room, if you look at what the Eagles did in the draft and some of the free agent acquisitions they've made, they got a deep running. I don't know how they're going to trim it down to four guys because they got like six or seven dudes that could easily be on an NFL roster. I think the depth of their room is better than ours. And the way I looked at everything was, hey, your number one back versus our number one back. If it's close, then we go to the rest of the room. Miles Sanders and Antonio Gibson are close. Okay, you could argue who's better, but it's close. So then you go to the rest of the room. I think the rest of their room is probably more talented than the rest of our room. And then we come in last. And it's not to say that our room is bad. It's just I think the other teams have better lead backs. And then the Eagles have a deeper room than we do. Mm, That's interesting. See, I was because I was going to say, I don't know, man. I, Miles Sanders is good, but I, I like Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I, for, and you can make for, that for, argument for his first year playing solely running back. I think yeah. he did a, you know, good job. job. Yeah, he he had them couple games he missed because of injury, mm-hmm. but he was he was on his way. Um, right. But I, I see how you broke it down, and, and I, I I believe you you probably right. <laughs> I believe I believe you stacked it up yeah. right. McKissick had eighty receptions last mm-hmm. year. He won't this year. You're about to say, Doug, you know he's not going to do that this year, though, right? Alex Smith is not the quarterback. No, you know that's true, but, I, but, I think, but, but I don't think he gets enough credit for the year that he had. Oh, yeah. No, he was outstanding. I, I think people, people slip on him a little bit. He led and, the and team I, in receptions. It's incredible. Out the backfield. Out of the backfield. And they told us that he, we, we had somebody on said that the league was surprised he even got picked up. That, 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 uh, well, I don't know who that was who said that. But that's crazy because I t- when when the off when we picked him up in the offseason, I told everyone that's going to be your favorite offseason signing. Watch what I tell you because I loved him when he was with Seattle. I said this guy's got talent. I, so, I did too. I think it was Evan Silver that told us that. that yeah, that, that, he yeah, was well, shocked. I mean, that, uh, he got picked up. Uh, I don't know why he was shocked. Well, <laughs> he, he he shocked one way or another now for yeah. sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I tend to agree. I, I think if Barkley is healthy, then I'd put him at the top of the heap. Uh, and I like what you said there about um, Booker, who I think is underrated and, and will have a bounce back here. All right, let's get to the receiving mm-hmm. room. And I, and I think this one is really interesting mm-hmm. because the receiving cores around the division are also stacked. Mm-hmm. So I had... Our receiving core, I think, second behind Dallas's. And mm. uh, Dallas, they got three guys that have had a thousand yard season, uh, and well, two. And CD Lamb's on his way to getting a thousand yards probably this year. So their receiving core is ridiculous. Um, I think we're behind them. Uh, I think the Giants are third. The Eagles are clearly the the final, the last team in the division in this particular category uh, the only guy they have is an unproven guy really now i think his addition uh in that being Devonte smith gives everybody their proper lane so if you don't have a true number one wide receiver what it does is it it knocks off the balance of your group because now you got a number two receiver that's posing as a number one you got a number three receiver posing as a number two when you got a legit number one now you properly slot all your receivers i think adding Devonte smith will do that to their first round pick they had last year. 
um, the kid from TCU, I forgot his name, but um, Rager, Jalen Rager, yeah. he'll be a, a good number two. And then they got a bunch of dudes can be threes, fours, and all that good jazz. But I still think they're trailing behind the Giants who added a ton of stuff this offseason. Uh, love the addition of Kenny Galladay. Um, I've always liked Sterling Shepard. He just can't stay healthy. But mm-hmm. I think uh, Darius Slayton is one of those people that nobody really gives a lot of credit to with the Giants. He's really, really good. Yeah. And and he was posing as a number one. That's one of them dudes I'm talking about. Right. Posing as a one, but he's really a dynamic two in this league. So now you add Kenny Galladay, Slayton now slots into that two spot where he's supposed to be. You had Sterling Shepard posing as a two. He's really a three. So now everybody falls into place and they added Kadarius Tony. They could be dangerous. Tony. So- the reason I have us ahead of them, and it's, it was tough. I went back and forth, is because you go Terry and you go Galladay. Now, you can split hairs on who's better. You, if you want to go Galladay, that's fine. Okay, it's close, though. Then you go to the number two receiver. Our number two receiver, if we keep extrapolating what he's done over the life of his career now to what we think we're going to get out of him in the future, our guy and, and Curtis Samuel never, ever trust a man with two first names. is going to is better right now statistically he's better and he does more than Darius Slate so that's two guys then you go to our third receiver they're very comparable Adam Humphreys really good slot receiver a lot of people down on him because of what happened in Tennessee wasn't healthy this that and the third but their numbers Sterling Shepard Adam Humphrey numbers very similar with Humphreys getting the edge in that department and remember he's playing with Fitz a guy he has some really good rapport with. Don't forget about that. So you go to the first three, I think we have a slight edge. And then once you get to the back end of that, that Giants receiving room, I think we have guys that have proven it. Like uh, uh, Sims, Cam, Cam Sims last year was huge for us. That's yeah, our Cam. fourth option. Uh, it, mm-hmm. and, and that's not even counting De'Ami Brown. We don't right. know. I don't like to throw rookies in the conversation because we don't know. So I think Kadarius Tony and De'Ami Brown cancel each other out because we don't know what they're going to do. And so I go to Cam Sims. They don't have another dude. They don't got another guy. So we go four deep. They go three deep with a rookie. We go four deep with a rookie. So I gave us the nod. And then, like I said, we can't touch Dallas. They got 3,000-yard receivers, essentially. I know, um, I think CeeDee Lamb had like nine and some change last year. Uh, Michael Gallup is a legit number two in this league. I know the Cowboys don't want to lose him, but they're going to lose him more likely. And I can't pay everybody in free agency next year. That's why they drafted CD Lamb. So they, I think, are at the top of that group. And then I think everybody else falls into place. I got a second. No, it's, I got, it's interesting. Right, I, I don't even have Humphreys making the team. Really? I'm going to tell you right now, Doug, you're tripping. <laughs> I'm on tripping, the Doug. Uh, I, I, great tripping. As long now, as Humphreys is healthy, he's on that team. He's on the team, and I'm going to tell he's you why. Think about uh-huh. it like this. Last year, everybody was – I and, and I'm included in this. Everybody was saying, there's no way in hell Peyton Barber's making this team, man. Like, what did they do? Why is Ron adding this dude? Ron knew him from when he was a coach of the Panthers in the NFC South. He they watched Peyton Barber. They said the same thing about Sean Davis, right? That he was never going to get cut. They gave him well, five Well, see, this, the difference is nobody knew him. Like, but they still gave him big money to come. They, they, gave, him some, they gave him solid signing. money. They it gave was him solid. solid. It, was it wasn't. Solid. It wasn't. You can't get cut money. You know what I mean? It was solid bread. It wasn't. You can't get cut money. Obviously. So, it it was <clears throat> the situation with with um, Peyton Barber last year. To me, is a comparable one to the one this year. 
it's a guy that Ron knows because he watched him from afar, respects his game and know what he's capable of. Nobody thought he was going to make the team. He cut Adrian Peterson so that that guy could make the squat. And I think he brought in Humphreys to school Dax Milne, who they drafted in the seventh round, not going to make the team, but to show him the ropes so that next year Dax Milne can make the football team and be the guy that takes over in the slot. So real quickly, since we do this all the time and and you're here, if they keep for six receivers, okay, then Kelvin Harmon or Gandy Golden doesn't make the team. Correct. You're asking me or you're telling me? A little bit of both. I'm saying if you if you're keeping Humphrey, so you 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 in yours gotta kept those two and let you kept okay right. So in yours you kept those two. Yeah, one of those guys are are the odd man out. Obviously, I contend that it's Kelvin Harmon because this group doesn't know him. Like AGG was drafted last year. Ron was a part of the drafting brain trust that brought him on board. Whereas Harmon was here the year before Ron got here. He didn't play last year. Ron said good things about him. You know, he's working hard. He's trying to come back from rehab. He's a good dude. All of those things. And Harmon's the best blocker on the team at the receiver position. So that counts for something. But at the end of the day, I think they saw something in AGG, which is why they selected him. I think he gets the nod. And don't discount. Pooh, Doug, don't discount the fact that we don't have a true punt returner on this squad. They got like four dudes that they are trying out as punt returners, including a guy that was with uh, Ron and Carolina and Carter. Don't be surprised if one of these dudes come off the pace and make the team because of their ability to return punts, because we don't have a true punt returner on the team right now. Yeah, and, and I and I believe Cam Sims threw the monkey wrench in the plan for Kelvin Harmon going yes, forward. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what happens when you get That's hurt right. in the NFL. They, yeah. they didn't plan for Cam Sims to get an opportunity. Harmon got hurt. Sims took advantage, and now he's the odd man out. You know what I mean? Like they didn't plan for that. Absolutely, Sims that's a great point. Out. Oh, uh, Steven Sims is and, gone. He's gone. He's done. Yeah, he's done. He and, and also, and also, uh, the staff has shown, to your point, Louis, if you get an opportunity and you snatch it, they will reward you mm-hmm. for that, uh, which is what Cam did. All right, let's hit the the uh, offensive line. Okay. Uh, you talking about division? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh man, this one is tough. So I haven't had a chance to do this one yet. So I'm doing this one off the cuff. Um, we know who last. <clears throat> Philly's last. last. I'm about to say Philly's well, last. Philly's last in just about everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that is the interesting <laughs> thing of this exercise. That team is not going to be tops on anything. Yeah, they're, the they're pretty much last on almost anything. Uh, I don't have them last at tight end, however. But uh, that's right. That's about it. Yeah, that's on, especially on the offensive side. That's about it. So. The Eagles um, are last for sure. They, they got a lot of problems. They got a, a big mess um, that they just allowed to kind of accumulate over time. I think that I would put the Giants third. They're still kind of restructuring that offensive line. It could Thomas come together. Thomas a big year for them. They, he does. Uh, they were disappointed in him last year, but they didn't. They got rid of the offensive line coach. And when, they, um, when Joe Judge got his hands on him and, and they got a little bit more intimate with him, Uh, He started to play better towards the end of the season. So we'll see if that carries over into his second year. They got rid of Kevin Zeitler um, for cap reasons. So they they got a lot going on on that offensive line. We'll see um, if they're able to gel and mesh together and what they're able to put in front of Daniel Jones. But uh, I just love our depth. Um, I really do. Now, the thing about us is three out of our five, 60% of our offensive line is going to be brand spanking new in terms of starters from last year, week one. So 
you have to take that into consideration. We, I just love the depth. I'm like, I feel really confident that whatever there's no five, studs, but there's a lot of depth to your point. Exactly, whatever five they put out there, I feel confident that they're going to be good enough to get the job done. We may not be road graders and killing people in a run game. That's not who we are anyway. But I think we'll be serviceable enough to protect whomever's at quarterback, opening up enough holes in the run game. I really believe that our offensive line is better than Dallas's at this point. They struggled last year with injuries. If they're healthy, I think their offensive line is better. But that's how I see it. Yeah, if they're healthy, their line is better. But you, that's the problem. They weren't healthy last year, and they got dudes that are consistently banged up. So if we're going, I like to assume health when I do these things. So if I'm sure. assuming health, Dallas is first, we're second, the Giants are third, Eagles are fourth. Who do you think Cosme starts day one over there at the right tackle spot? Or do you think they'll roll Cornelius Lucas out there? I think Cornelius Lucas is going to start the season. But Cosme, as long as he progresses, he'll be finishing the season at the right tackle. But Lucas is going to start. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right. Let's uh, finish up the offense with the tight end room. To your so, point, Louie, let's go ahead and agree that the Eagles have the best tight end room in the division. Because I, I think they do. And even if they lose Ertz, which it seems more they than will. likely they will, mm -hmm. they still have the best tight end group in, in the division. So um, <clears throat> I had the Eagles one. I had us two. And it was a toss up because I could easily put Dallas over us. Um, or excuse me, I had the Giants two. Um, yeah, they've got some talent there. They, they, yeah, they upgraded with Kyle room. Rudolph. Um, I, I had us, I had us three and the Eagles fourth, or excuse me, the, um, Cowboys last, um, I had us third, the Giants second and the Eagles first. Who's the second tight end on the roster for us? Yes. It'll be John Bates, our rookie. And the third tight end will be Ricky Seals Jones. And I think they'll work with Sammy's Reyes and they hope that he develops and he'll be able to help them either at some point this season or more likely than not next year is when they're really looking to see if he can turn the corner. Melanie's, mm. Melanie's, Louie. Melanie, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Doug froze up over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, this is this is this is what I do, man. Like, um, I, I I obsess over this stuff because, like I said, this is my passion. This is what I do, man. This this team has been something that I've followed since I was a kid. So, um, I take a lot of this stuff. Seriously, like not too serious. Like I like I, I laugh at a lot of this stuff because people be getting real mad, you know, we get upset. Uh, but I, you know, I laugh at a lot of this stuff, man. It's funny, but it you you know what you know, you know, you know what you exactly. see, you know what you know, and and you know, you can see what's happening before it happens. Exactly. All right, let's switch. I froze there for a second. Let me let's switch, go ahead to the defense. I I think the defensive line, I think it probably doesn't need a whole lot of uh mm -hmm discussion there uh i guess that the that the giants have the second best correct and then the eagles at third mm -hmm. and then the you, could, you you could make an argument i'm gonna have to study it you could make an argument for the eagles being second they've got a fletcher cox i love fletcher cox fletcher, fletcher cox Beast. and 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 leonard williams i think leonard williams is the better uh pass rusher of the two but if you're just going pound for pound i think they kind of canceled each other out they're they're damn good both of them so then you go to edge rushers, the Giants really don't have any, whereas the, at least the Eagles have some guys, Derek Barnett and um, what's my man's name? Um, Curry, right? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, 
Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham. Yeah, Brandon Graham. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, they got guys. You know what I mean? Whereas the Giants don't have anything. They don't got. They don't he, have. He's nothing. a rookie, but you watch for that as Ojalari out of Georgia. That's the guy they're hoping. I was yep. so I'm an ODU guy. So I was hoping um, O'Shane Eximenes was going to come in there and make some noise. Even though obviously he plays for the Giants, but I was rooting for him because he went to my alma mater. Uh, he hasn't made a dent in that roster to this point as a third round pick. Mm. All right, next we get to the linebackers. The linebackers is interesting. Mm -hmm. From our perspective, they drafted a first-round uh, linebacker. Mm -hmm. But other than that, for, for two guys running the defense that were linebackers, we don't have a whole lot there. And it doesn't seem like they're all that concerned about having a bunch of traditional linebackers. Right. And, you know, what I've – the conclusion that I've drawn is that, I mean – you're in your your base about 30 to 35 percent of the time so yeah. in their mind we're going to have two backers on the field most of the time they got their two guys if they're healthy it's Jamin Davis it's Cole Holcomb they feel good about that so I think they're not so much as concerned about you know who starts this that and the third as uh, my biggest concern is depth so what happens if Cole Holcomb goes down or what happens if James, God forbid, something happens to one of these guys, we got to go back to John Bostic again. We got to do that again. <laughs> like that's, that, that's when shit gets scary for me. Like, well, you going to go call on, on the glob of mayo you just slapped on our, on our plate and uh, Jared Mayo from, from the Panthers the guy they drafted in like the fifth round out of Texas state. Like that's when shit gets dicey. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I like what I saw out of Kalik Hudson last year, but are we ready to start Kalik Hudson in the event? I, they like Kalik Hudson a whole lot. So a whole lot. We'll see what happens. The depth is what I'm concerned. I'm not. A, I'm not really worried about the front line guys as much as I am the depth of the the yeah. linebacking core. They praying. They praying that D line keep them clean. That's right. <laughs> that's that's exactly what they uh, <laughs> are banking on <laughs> is the D line keeping those boys clean and allowing them to to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And then let's wrap it with the secondary, which I also think is kind of intriguing. Mm -hmm. So the secondary, I actually love what they've done. The only real question in the secondary is obviously the safety position. Now there's a smaller question about the nickel. So many fans have already jumped to conclusions. Oh, they love juice outside. So that means they're going to take Kendall Fuller and put him back where he was when he was with us the I've, first time. I've said it many times myself. And it makes a ton of sense, but I don't know if they're viewing it in that from that it's spectrum because yeah. remember, he was a safety in Kansas City as well. And they tried him at safety. He got his ass cooked like three times last year when they tried the little safety switch when they would stick um Fabian Moreau in there and Fab got cooked against the Giants for a touchdown when they did the inverted cover two against the Lions cooked for a touchdown there so I don't know if they're thinking about him as a free safety if they're thinking about him you know as a nickel I prefer him like you Doug inside as a nickel if he still is capable of doing that because when he left us the first time he might have been the best nickel in the game he came Agreed. back and he was a boundary corner that could play safety so I don't know if he's that dude anymore or not but if he can get back to that if Juice is what they think, and I wasn't the highest on Juice, all right, um, I guess you could say my my glass of juice was half full instead of half or <laughs> half empty instead of half full. But we'll see what he does. The bottom line is I, I believe in William Jackson. If Juice is what they think he is and we can get Fuller inside, because I'm not a Jimmy Moreland fan. I was. I think Jimmy is supposed to be outside. But they, they've already told Jimmy, you too small to play outside with the big boys. You got to come inside. 
And I don't think Jimmy's comfortable inside. So yeah. I, I think the safety is the really the only position that I'm really concerned about. And honestly, I'm not that concerned about safety other than I'm not either. Um, the only thing is, can we, can we stay healthy? Like I love Shays. I, I think I love Shays more than most people. I love DeShays or Everett. Same so, I couldn't believe when they started him at free safety last year. I was stunned. Because he's been on the roster for so damn long it's, and he hasn't it's gonna, any run. It's going to be Bob. Is, is it Bob? It's going to be McCain right. at free. Right. Um, Cam and uh, Cam Landon Curl Collins. And, and Landon Collins yep. will be on the field. Yeah. Uh, they're going to take, if Juice <laughs> can play outside, they're going to do like you were suggesting, Louis. I think they're going to slide Fuller inside if Juice can handle, you know, outside handle the boundary for him and i think that in the perfect world that's how they'll have him set up yeah you, you don't want kendall fuller back there playing no free safety i don't either <laughs> you, don't, don't. <laughs> you don't want him doing that i don't no, i don't think his his eyes aren't for that anymore yeah, like I don't, I don't, they don't, I don't they don't, don't want that they don't set that way so I, i'm i'm more interested in what they do with landon collins that's what i because you you gotta have cam curl on the field he has to be on the field. Yes. He's he's shown you he has to be on the field. So I'm more interested in how they, because they're going. Landon is going to play. He's making too much money not to play. And what so I'm, I'm, yeah, what, I, what I've been telling people is, you know, a lot of people forget this. When Landon Collins was healthy, they still were playing Cam Curl too. Like that big nickel that they keep talking about. Yeah, the Buffalo. The Buffalo. That's what they call it. Exactly. That big nickel, he was playing that with Landon Collins on the field before he got injured. So there is a place for all of these guys to play on the field. And Jack Del Rio has said this multiple times. With William Jackson now in the fold, it allows them to get a little bit more exotic with their blitz packages. So I think you could see three safety looks, you know, where you got three safeties on the field. You can see the Buffalo package. You're going to see that quite a bit because they're very comfortable with Cam Curl up around the line of scrimmage, which I think that's where he's best. So I think you're going to see them on the field at the same time. A lot of people have been making the, the, this, the, these speculations like it's either or. Like one is on the field, the other one can't be on the field. No, they can be on the, on the field at the same time. Are they going to be on the field at the same time all the time? No. But I think there are going to be more snaps where they're on the field together than they, there are snaps where they're not. Absolutely, because Cam Curl does all of the things that Landon doesn't do well. That's he can cover a tight end. He can, you know, he can get back a little faster. Mm -hmm. Plus, we have to remember Landon is coming off a, a yeah. Achilles injury. Right. So That's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's going to be ready to run out there on week one anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a lot of people don't understand that that first year when you come back from Achilles, you're usually not the same dude right away. It's that second year after the Achilles where you usually get back that full strength and, and the speed and the things you had prior to the injury. So this and, is, and this then, is probably his last year in Washington, honestly. I believe I it is. So, it's, yeah. It's a lot of, I think the money makes a lot more sense afterwards to go and get rid of him. The other interesting one for me would be McCain. Mm -hmm. If juice can't play outside and, and they keep fuller out there, Mm -hmm. uh, will McCain then go into the slot, slot. and mm -hmm. then Reeves would play free safety? Yeah, Reeves who, or Shays. Who knows? I'm a huge free safety. Uh, Reeves. He, he loves yeah. Jeremy Reeves. He loves Reeves. Hey, and I yeah. counted Curl before anybody had him last year. Too. Hey, look. Watch Reeves. I man. tell you what, Jeremy Reeves was one of the most pleasant surprises of last season when he came in. I was like, man, the safety position about to go to hell in a handbasket now. 
Shays went down in that Steelers game and Reeves, I, I think he was like the second play he was in, he almost had a damn pick. Yeah. I was like, hey, Jeremy, you, you really about that life back then? That's how you feel? <laughs> and, and from that point on, he just gained more and more confidence. Um, he played well against the Cowboys. He played well in the Steelers game when he came in. He played well against the 49ers. I, I really like Jeremy. I, I just like the depth at safety. That's why I'm not really worried. Like people are worried about that. But I'm not because I just feel like we got a lot of depth back there. So, you know, the next guy can step in and be fine. But I think that's an interesting point you brought up, Doug, is that if they don't love what they have inside, because McCain is more naturally a nickel corner. Like a lot yes. of people just think about him as a safety because Miami decided to move him to free safety out of necessity. He's more of a nickel. That's what he came in the league as out of Memphis. So, you know, McCain could easily slide back inside and play that role. I'd be interested to see like where they line up. I think the preseason is going to be so fascinating to see what they're doing with some of these dudes, because, you know, we, we have all these ideas in our head, you know, as fans, we make a lot of shit up. Why doesn't this guy gain 15 pounds and switch to tight end? Like, <laughs> dudes always want to do that shit. Oh, why does he put on weight? And why doesn't Landon Collins put on 20 pounds and become a linebacker? Because that shit doesn't work like that. That's why. <laughs> you know, so I want to see what they That's decide true. to do with some of these dudes. Mm-hmm. Man, it's going to be really fascinating the preseason is. So, look, we wrap up kind of this way. Uh, what in your mind makes for a good season this year? Growth. You know, obviously I would like to go back to the postseason. I was talking about this on my show, like, look, and we ain't had back-to-back playoff years since Gibbs 1.0. Like, you know how hard it is to fix your lips to say some craziness like that? That's damn near 30 years ago. We ain't been in the playoffs since 91, 92 and back-to-back years. This is crazy. It's got to stop, you know? So I don't care if we get in the back door on a wild card or we win the division. I just, I would like to get in, but Honestly, I just don't want to regress. So even if you tell me we're nine and eight, we missed the postseason, I can stomach that, especially if the nine and eight is us finishing the season hot, you know, and playing high at a high level as we finished up the season and we just missed out on the postseason. I could live with that. You know, what I don't want to see is us go seven and 10, you know, Um, even eight and nine would feel like a bit of a disappointment this year. But I, I think nine and eight is very doable. Now the schedule is brutal it is brutal brutal. everybody keeps talking about how good this damn defense is okay we're gonna find out how good this defense (laughs) really is this year because we play the best of the best at the quarterback position like we ain't cutting no corners it ain't no nick mullins to save us this year okay on the schedule exactly it ain't no jalen hurts well actually it is jalen hurts twice (laughs) twice (laughs) twice but you know what i mean we don't have the luxury of getting some of the breaks we caught last year with these quarterbacks that we saw. We getting the best of the best creme de la creme at the position. I don't know if I've ever seen a schedule that featured this many top tier quarterbacks in one season for a team to take on. That said, if our defense is legit and everybody is, everybody claims it is, they got to keep us in the game. The offense is going to have to be the difference though. So I said the, the, the offense, if the offense does its job this year, I think the defense will be better. Mm-hmm. Cause what we, when we caught last time, the offense was so bad last year that the defense so spent an inordinate amount of time on the field, Yeah, which the more time they're on the field, the less effective they're going to be. Yeah. Um, so if the offense can just do their job, move the chains, get us more than 14 points a game, 
I think the defense yeah. uh, defense would be fine. I think they'll that, be fine. You know, barring injury. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That that's the biggest thing is last year we weren't terrible on third downs. Our problem was we just didn't score no damn points. So how I, I you know it still bog, it just bothers me, it still boggles my mind. We didn't score 30 one single time last year. It's incredible. Not once we scored 40 against the Cowboys, obviously, but we didn't score 30. You know how hard it is in an NFL season not to score 30 points once in a season, like 31, 34, 35. Like, you know how hard it is to do that? We were so inept offensively that we couldn't hit 30 one time. You know, we were 25 and 27, and we, <laughs> we lived in the in the low 20s or late, you know, teens, but we gotta score points, man. We got to score. And, and if you're gonna beat Mahomes, if you're gonna beat Allen or Russell Wilson or any of these quarterbacks that we have on them, you gotta score 30, man. You're not gonna beat them 24 to 20. Good luck. So I think nine and eight in a playoff berth, anything north of nine and eight to me is a it's a anything north of eight and nine is a successful season for me. Yeah, I can I can dig that. I agree. I, I think people, you know, they made the postseason last year in the terrible division mm-hmm. but it was still year one of a rebuild yeah, right, and, right. and that's what people have to realize this is year two of a rebuild like the division Ooh. isn't going to be as bad this year mm-hmm. possibly <laughs> they don't who this is the thing they don't give a shit fans no, don't no, care no. nothing about that <laughs> they, they forgot we went nine seven and nine last year. you would have thought we went nine and seven last year yeah now it's seven and nine that was they, year one around they skipping they, steps they yelling who, super Bowl. Who, yeah. who's, <laughs> fa- whose favorite line is this is year two of a rebuild Love that's it because like, hey, he, right. he has right. to keep reminding people because they skipping steps they think this year four and hey, we need to win now right. like no Ron told us when he first got here in the military, it takes three to four years to change a culture. He said that over and over again on purpose to remind people, hey, don't jump down my back when the first two years are a bit of a struggle because I'm coming in here and I'm trying to change things. Let me get my feet under me. And then us winning the division, you know how Pooh said earlier in the show, Cam Sims stepping up through a wrench in the plans for Kelvin Harmon. The division being as bad as it was, it threw That's a wrench right. in Ron's way yes. of trying to ease us into this. That's right. Yeah. Now the expectations right. are through the roof. If we go seven and ten this year, Big or eight and nine, oh my God, you you would thought that Ron is the worst coach in the world. And that's that's why it was all the uproar about the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback, and Ron like, yo, we just this year too, we good, like, right, we right. we good, we don't right. we don't need the guy yet, like, we can we just need a guy. <laughs> right. So nah, nah, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting when when the I, the preseason, you, Lou, you're absolutely right. I'm so excited for the preseason for the first time in a long time because you have all these pieces and we're all wondering. We have ideas of how they fit, but how do they see them fitting? Right. And so it's gonna be it's gonna be the, with the training camp starts at the end of this month, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready I, for the. I told I told the fan base, I said, this is the most excited I've been for a season since 2016. Some people had to go all the way back to 2012 with Robert Griffin III's first season. I was excited, naturally excited after 2015 because I thought we found a quarterback yep. and we had everybody coming back. Jordan Reed was coming off a career year. You know, you had Pierre, you had D-Jax. Everybody was coming back. The whole game was back. So I'm fig- I figured they can't stop us on offense. The defense has to get better. It got worse. 
and we Brothers. had a ton of injuries. But that was I was excited in 2016. Um, I wasn't excited for 2013 because Robert was coming off that. I wasn't all in for week one. Like sit your ass <laughs> down and get healthy. I wasn't right. in, all in for week one. So this is the first time in five. You know how crazy that is as a fan to say this is the first time in five years. I'm really excited for the upcoming season. It's crazy, but that's that's real. That's that's life as a Washington football yeah, you team. Ain't never lie, you ain't uh, never uh, lie. Uh, <laughs> you ain't never lie, man. That's our life. Yeah. Since, since Joe since Joe Gibbs 1.0, yeah, uh, turn the reins it. over to Richie Pettibone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's been struggle since then, man. <laughs> yes, and I had hopes for I had hopes for Richie too, man. When Rep, Ripping got hurt, that was it. He was dead mm-hmm. on arrival at that point. Yeah, it was like if, hope, if hopes were wins, we'd have been good a long time ago. <laughs> All right, we'll take Louis, man, what, we thank you for joining us today. Hey. It's, it's, it's been our pleasure. Um, no let problem, the people man. know where they can find you, um, your, about your network, what you have coming up next. So, y- y'all can find me over at the Louis T Network um, on YouTube. Um, you can find me. So, Louis is L O U I E. T-E-E Network, and you can find me on Twitter, at Louis T Network. You can find me on IG, Louis T Network underscore. Um, I got a ton of content coming out, as always. Uh, live shows are on Thursday night, 8.30 p. Eastern uh, time zone, and um, the uh, uploads are just random as hell. So you just got to subscribe, <laughs> turn on that notification bell, because right. I'm doing a series right now where I rank Washington's uh, positional groups um, in the division and overall in the league. So we've gone through every offensive position except the line. So we'll do that o- over the next couple of days. And then we'll turn our attention to the defensive side of the football, where we figure to rank a lot higher than we do on the offensive side. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, I really do appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to bless the program. This was a lot of fun, man. Really do yeah, it was a lot of fun, Louis. We appreciate you. No doubt. Yes, indeed. Man, y'all have a good day. All right, folks. All right. All right. Hey, I just wanted to say, too. Oh, uh, damn. I pulled out my mic. I forgot. I'm in my headphones. Hey, Pooh, man, I'm a massive fan, bro. Uh, oh, thank brother, you. Man. Thank hey, I, I ain't saying this to just gas you up, but um, <laughs> literally, y'all were my favorite group. You know, obviously, I grew up in an era where, you know, we didn't have a lot of groups. It was really just solo artists. You know? Right, right, and right. I was right. going up. So y'all were, when y'all first came out, I fell in love with y'all on the minstrel show. And so I had Thank to go you, back in the, in the catalog and get all the, you know, the listening and all of that. And everything from that point forward, man, I was listening to all of y'all stuff. So I just wanted to tell you, bro, massive fan of y'all work. I was so glad when y'all came out with the last album. What made y'all do that? I didn't know y'all were going to get back together and do a, another album. We didn't either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we, uh, we, we, did, uh, we did a show. We had an opportunity to do a show. Um, uh, it was called the Art of Cool uh, mm-hmm. in Durham, mm-hmm. and it, it was just one of them things where everything just fit together like it was supposed to. And the next day, Tay and I discussed doing an album. Like, I mean, we had talked about it; we had bought it up before, but it just it didn't make sense for for multiple reasons. But right. once we did that show, we just we we I think we both felt how it felt to be on stage together again. Yeah. That was the first time we had been on stage together, and. Um, eight years, seven years or something like that. So um, that chemistry was just there. That, yeah, it was it was still there. Yeah. It was, you know, it was just it was like you're getting high again. It was like yeah. 
you know, I ain't never smoked crack, but you know what they say with crack. That, <laughs> you're chasing that, the that, ghosts. That, you're, cha- you're chasing the ghosts. And we found it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's damn, man. <laughs> we it, found it, it. I was so happy, man, when I saw that that album show up. I was my heart skipped a beat for a second. I was like, what? Am I seeing something? Am I seeing something? I, is this real? Oh man, I was so excited. And it was dope, man. Even the skits were dope. You know what I mean? Thank you, man. Really do Thank enjoy you. y'all music. And um, I, I was some you from see when I listened to that album, I always assumed both of y'all were from Carolina, but you nah. from the seven cities, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm from uh Alexandria. And, okay, so um, you from VA. I, yeah, I'm from on, VA on the yeah. on the album, I heard you say you was from VA. I was like. He from VA. I yeah. didn't know that. And then I, when I saw you on, on the podcast, um, then I was like, damn, he a, he a Redskin fan, you know, a Washington fan. So I was like, well, damn, he from VA. That's crazy. I didn't think he was yeah. from VA. Yeah, a lot of people, they, you know, I, I, I say it more now, but um, when we first came out, it was just easier just to say we're from North Carolina. North Carolina. Then, right. They're from North Carolina. I'm from Virginia. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that was just too much. So. Gotcha. But I've always made sure people knew, like, no, it's still 703 yeah. over yeah, yeah, here, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. DMV sure. area. So, yeah, for sure, um, for sure. But yeah, nah, nah, DMV, man. I mean, I've been in North Carolina for since 1999, yeah. 2000 full time. So I'm I'm half and half at this right. point. <laughs> you, went to, you went to A&T with, with all of them? No, nah, I went to Central. We went oh, to Central. Y'all all went yeah. to Central? Yeah, we all it's went It's crazy. To I was supposed to come there to play baseball. They pulled my scholarship at the last second. It's crazy. I was supposed to go to ODU. Really? <laughs> I, I still have the somewhere right. I still have the ID. I was supposed to go to ODU and like two weeks before I went to ODU, I got the opportunity to go to Central for two years for free. Oh wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So you had already did all the paperwork, took your ID and everything. Oh yeah. I was I was I had my classes lined up. I was gonna be my uncle, he had a house out there. I was gonna be staying with him in Norfolk. And then the opportunity came up to go to Central and that's, you know what? I ended up there. You know what? That's boy, that's God. It ain't number God because nothing but nothing, nothing else happens if you go to ODU. Nothing exactly. happens. You know, and I'm, that's crazy, man. I'm I'm in somebody's office right now. Look, <laughs> look looking right. at this, looking at Doug's podcast. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Punching the clock. Punching the clock. That's, that's exactly what that's it is. That's crazy, so. man. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow, wow. So I'm glad you, you went to Central then, man. I'm glad you went so to Central. So am I. Changed my life, man. I bet changed, did, changed man. my entire life. So Ooh, that I, is crazy. I, I keep the ID as a reminder. Um, yeah. I, keep, I keep the ODU ID as a reminder. Oh, yeah. That's dope, man. That is dope. Well, hopefully y'all y'all continue to bless us with some more content, man. Like, hey, man, we got we got some things in the works, man. man we over know? here starving, bro. I'm starving <laughs> over here like I ain't ate, man. I was so I was so disappointed when Minstrel Show didn't pop the way that y'all thought it was because y'all had y'all even had a video. Y'all had uh, loving it, right? Yeah, yeah. We they had gave y'all a video y'all. for that. I was I was like, yo, this I was rocking that shit. You know what I mean? Bumping it, and I was thinking, no, this is the best shit I didn't heard in my life, start to finish, and I couldn't believe everybody else wasn't rocking with it. I think what at that time, see, little brother, little brother ended up becoming like we were ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. So that was right before, you know, we coming out of Napster and LimeWire. Mm-hmm. And then it was right before the, uh, you know, the Apple Music and and, and those things. Idol so and all of that, yep. and, and all of that. So it, you, they didn't know how to 
it's like y'all have fans we can't see. We don't know how to access them online. Right. And that became the problem. So you had, so our first week we did like 18,000. Mm-hmm. But if we had streaming, then it would have been more than 18,000. Way more than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it was just like we had the, the, the fan base that you couldn't quantify yet being online and they didn't know what to do. Like we always joke when we was on Atlantic, the the department that handled online stuff, it was two people, man. <laughs> it was two people. It was uh, my girl Latrice. Uh-huh. She, she like a, a GM now mm-hmm. at a record label. And then it was this other guy. I can't remember his name. It was a white dude. Yeah. That was it. That's that was crazy. the whole. That was the whole. We handle all your online stuff, and that's where we needed wow. to be. And um, so it, it was just one of them things where we got caught, and the, the industry was changing. Yeah. Everything was changing, and we got caught up in all of that. And so the numbers didn't reflect what you know what we all hoped they would be. Because you know back then it was still like if you ain't selling. A hundred thousand your first week, you flop. Right. If, <laughs> if your album ain't selling that first week, that they, all they cared, cared about was those first week numbers. That's they it. came back light. You ain't getting no more push. You ain't getting no more nope. promotion. We didn't get another you video. Dead. Nothing. We, exactly. Nothing. After loving it, I thought, okay, they're going to follow up with another single, another video. We were supposed to. Right. <laughs> those first to. week numbers came back light. They was like, to hell with that album. They pushed y'all shit to the side. I'm like, God damn, I was waiting for the next follow-up. You know what I'm saying? And that's when yeah. videos was hot. Like, yep. you still needed a video. Like, you're right, y'all were so ahead of y'all time because y'all probably would be an indie. Like, y'all wouldn't even be on a record label, more likely than not, if y'all would've came out in today's atmosphere. Because you really don't, like, you can still use a record label, but if you know how to promote yourself, you really you don't, don't need, need them. them. You don't need you don't them. You don't need them. Nah, right. nah. So, it was crazy because back then you had to get the push for the label. You had to, it wasn't no way to market. So like, I don't know if Twitter and all that stuff was out yet. If it was, it was in the infant stages. Like you couldn't use that to market yourself. Nah, yet. It, it wasn't, wasn't out yet. Yeah. It, it, so, it, it, it was message boards, like right. not social like black, media it was as like, we know it now. It was like Black Planet and MySpace, MySpace and, and stuff yeah. like that. You know yeah. what I mean? But if y'all had all of those things at y'all disposal, man, I would have been killing it because I I was in this little bubble. All of us was listening to Little Brother. So I'm thinking naturally, oh, everybody listening to this shit. Then I would take my shit somewhere else and he'd be like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, oh, you ain't on this. I would let them listen to it. And they'd be like, yo, that shit is dope. That's fire right there. So if y'all could just get it out there and that's where the label failed y'all. Is that exactly. enough people yeah. didn't know what y'all was capable of and the, and the heat that y'all was putting out. In the content that I was putting out. Because I mean, y'all was putting out album after album. Hell, I even loved the Chitlin Circuit. That wasn't even an album. <laughs> so, I mean, that mistake. was my shit. So, you know, I mean. Me, yeah. me and Tay said it when we was doing promo for Made a Little Watch. It was like, we finally caught something at the right time. Like, we were made for podcasts and yeah. things of that nature. That's what we were made for. That's what we were built for. Right. And so we finally was able to catch it at the right time yeah. and it made all the difference because that was basically all our promo for the album like yeah. we did a couple videos we did a million and one podcast yeah. and 
Yeah. That was went number one on iTunes. I see, I see the plaque in the background, man. Congratulations! Yeah. I didn't even know y'all did that. Congratulations, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, like that's, that's dope, man. We came in like number six on hip hop Billboard or something like that. So it's just one of the things where before we was always ahead of the curve. Right. We finally caught the wave <laughs> yeah, exactly. at, the, at the right time yeah. for this one. So, uh, but nah, man, I, I appreciate all that, man. Yeah, I, yeah. No doubt, I, I, man. I thank you, man. Thank hey, you. For sure, for sure, man. I, I really appreciate that that uh, music y'all was putting out, man, and continuing to put out, man. That, all of it. Yeah, all of it. Fire, bro. Seriously. Thank and, you. Uh, thank everybody you. in my circle uh, echoes those sentiments, too, man. So hopefully we can get Keenan Thompson to play you on the, um, on the documentary. <laughs> hey, we've we, we, we been trying. We've been trying. We've been trying. Oh, man. <laughs> we've been trying. <laughs> he, he big time. He missed the Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. He got his own show now, man. Yeah, he got the Keenan show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't yeah. know, man. It might be a tough ass now. So we'll see. Might be, man. <laughs> hey, I really appreciate y'all, man. And uh, we got to do this again, whether it's on my show or y'all show, man. We got to oh, do Oh, yeah, this. definitely both. We got to do we got to do both, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, for sure. I can't, I can't wait for the season to start. That's oh, when it's going to really get out. ain't never lie, man. <laughs> I cannot wait. I've been, like I said, this is the most excited I've been since 2016. So I can't wait. Yes, indeed, man. All right, All right y'all, fellas. Y'all All right, take coach. care, man. Y'all have a y'all good one. Y'all do the same. You too.